0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network you're listening to the manchester united weekly podcast covering all things manchester united match previews reports reviews youth roundups loan roundups and your questions Hello and welcome to another episode of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast, Series 2, Episode 15, Is now it's getting to become uh, frustrated at how often we are frustrated. Um, a wonderful 4-1 victory over West Ham in the EFL Cup, no matter how important it is, sees us in the semi-finals of that competition against Hull City in January. Um, and then a few days and a, and a clumsy Fellaini challenge later, it's all doom and gloom again. As we get a fourth consecutive league draw and a fifth draw in our last seven league games, I think it is now. Jack, um, we better get the thesaurus out. You've frustrated so many times recently. Too many times. Um, so much so that we could, we could almost play the same episode every week and people would hardly notice. Um, the same things keep popping up so much. What other adjective can you come up with to describe another week which seems to be exactly the same as the other ones?
1: Good question. You should have asked me this before. Before we started, I could have prepared a little bit. (laughs) I I honestly can't think of a better word to describe it than just so frustrating every single week. Infuriating. There we go. I'll go with infuriating. Um, It's just ridiculous that every single week we seem to be saying exactly the same thing about exactly the same players, exactly the same team. I mean, uh, it's just getting to the point now where it's becoming a bit of a joke, to be honest. Because every week we seem to play quite well. We look to be on course for a nice win. Or perhaps, you know, it's, it's one of those games like Burnley or Stoke where we dominate the entire game and we just can't put the ball in the net. And against Everton, we, we actually didn't play that well, I, don't, I didn't think. Especially compared to our recent performances and the other games that we've been talking about, frustrating results. I don't think we did play as well as we, as we have been. But it looked like we were going to grind out our result, which is exactly what Manchester United teams of the past used to do so well. You're not playing well, you get the result, you get the three points, and you get out of there as quick as you can. And it looked like we were about to do that as well against Everton. And, uh, the, I mean, the challenge from Fellaini was just incredibly stupid. I don't know what he was thinking. And I thought it was quite telling what Leon, Leon Osman said after the game. that you just you knew, or he knew Fellaini was going to do something like that. Having played with him for so long, he knew exactly the type of uh, player he is. And we've, we've defended Fellaini in parts, especially at the start of this season. But what he did on, on Sunday was unforgivable, to be honest.
0: Yeah, that's uh, it's the first sort of real Fellaini-esque, Fellaini sort of action that we've seen probably this season, um, to be honest. And he was playing quite well. And it's a shame that he's now done something that is so Marwan Fellaini um, so classic of him, and he's he's certainly lost a lot of backers he had from the United fans that were beginning to to emerge, us included, and he's probably partially lost the uh, the faith, if not the backing of Jose Mourinho, who knows he's not the man to look to anymore. And that's a thing we all knew that he wasn't the man to look to. Uh, it's ha- it happens again and again. And it's not just the fact that we can't score that second goal when we're dominating. Um, we don't capitalise on our domination. But it's not only that. It it always shows in the final whistle when we show to get that second. But also, on multiple occasions, we've brought on a, a defensive figure, if you like. Very Mourinho, fair enough. But it, it's been Fellaini. It's been Schneiderlin. Um The majority of times it's been those two, and they've been brought on to defend our lead. Has it ever worked? No. So so if it fails, what its what its objective is to do? Stop doing it, because the only reason we do it is to defend our lead, and I can probably think of uh, three times at least, and I'm probably forgetting a couple where we brought on a defensive figure and messed things up. And it happened last season under Van Gaal as well. Um, I, I think I remember Schneidling coming on we tried to defend our lead against Chelsea we drew and other occasions I can't remember less high profile occasions but it happened a lot in the last in, in this season under Mourinho and in the last season on Van Gaal and if something's broken fix it Because and if something's not working don't use it anymore
1: it seems strange that we keep trying to employ the, the same tactic every time we have a lead to defend. And like you said, it's just not working again and again. I think our problem when we try and defend leads at the moment is that instead of trying to kill the game off, and, and that doesn't necessarily mean trying, trying to score every time we get the ball, but instead of trying to kill the game off, we just seem content to try and survive. And for me, the best way to try and see a game out is to keep the ball and just maintain control of the game. Because as long as you have the ball, the opposition have no chance of scoring. It's just very basic principles of trying to hold on to a lead. Trying to hold on to a 1-0 lead doesn't mean that you have to retreat and stay inside your own penalty area for the last 10 minutes of the game. Because inevitably it's going to end, end badly. It's exactly what happened. You mentioned the Chelsea game from last season. Exactly what happened there. The last 15 minutes, we, we were getting deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And eventually the, the inevitable happened. The same thing against Everton. The last 20 minutes of the game, Everton, you could see them getting stronger and stronger as the, game, as the game progressed. And in the last 20 minutes, you knew that something was going to happen because De Gea was being called into action more. The defence was dropping deeper and deeper inviting invited more and more pressure. And that is not the way to see out a game. The way to see out a game is to keep possession of the ball don't you don't necessarily have to try and go forward and create penetrating attacks when you have the ball, when you're trying to see out a game. And it's it's exactly the reason why we under Van Ho we were actually better than we we are at the moment under Mourinho, because Van Hall's very boring style of play actually helped us see out games sometimes. It didn't always work, like against Chelsea last season, but at least we generally were trying to do the right thing and we just don't seem to be doing that this season.
0: Yeah, it sums it up. It's it's a struggle because some United fans will say it's Fellaini's fault. Um, others will say, well, look, yeah, Fellaini can get the blame for that result, but is the fact that we couldn't win over 90 minutes the, the fault of giving away one foul in the penalty area? And sometimes it's true of football there, it is. But against Everton, it wasn't. It was a pretty poor performance, as you said. Um, and And we had more than enough chances to take a win out of a poor performance.
1: I was going to say, if you, if you want to blame one person, why not look at Ander Herrera? He missed the, uh, hit, hit, the, hit the bar or, or the post. I can not even tell which one it was. Um, and the chance from about three yards out. And if he scores that goal, then that we win the game. 2-0 up, 25 minutes to go. The game's over. I don't, I don't think looking to blame individual people is, is the way to go about it. Fellaini definitely was at fault for the penalty, but... Like you said, there were definitely bigger problems than simply giving away the penalty as to why we lost the game. Obviously, the penalty was a huge, a huge part of it, but we should have seen the game off before then. We shouldn't have even allowed Everton the opportunity to get in that position.
0: Yeah, uh, the the sort of main. We, we it's frustrating, and then the way to sum up United perhaps is uh, that lack of ruthlessness, that lack of the. Uh, it's not even the lack of the killer instinct because. The intent is there to to get that second, third or fourth goal. And we've seen it being successful sometimes in the cup competitions. Um, and we haven't recorded since West Ham. Had we recorded after that, we'd both be very happy. Uh, three consecutive uh, cup or Europa League games in which we scored four goals. Brilliant. But it's, it's not the killer instinct. It's just the lack of ruthlessness, being able to finish it off. And it's hard because it's obviously it's frustrating and you you have to sort of say well this isn't good enough but then I had last season we were saying I'd rather we were losing or drawing playing the united way and and we are and I'd rather we were showing signs of progress and we are and I'd rather our signings were showing that they they were very good players and 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 they are as well so we're not far off getting it right I think there's progress in every game, despite the results. Certainly not progress in results, but I think in terms of performances, there's progress in almost every game. Perhaps Everton is a is an anomaly on that front. Um, we're playing in in what most people would say uh, at most times is the United way. We're not really sure what that is, but Mar- uh, I can't. I think Mourinho said this the other day that he he thinks he's installing somewhat of a of a DNA at United. And we didn't have that under Van Gaal. No one knew how we really were going to play because sometimes we we were brilliant in attack. You think the 4-2 against City. Um there were other times where we just ripped teams apart, including big teams. And then sometimes we'd have that drab uh possession-focused football, which was possession without uh was just recycling possession without going for the attack. I think Mourinho's getting us in a DNA. M- Mkhitaryan is certainly making his case to be a start every year. Martial's got his confidence back, Zlatan has scored 12. 12- this season, despite missing lots of chances, um, Rooney seems to be getting better. Everything is going better except the results. so it's hard to be frustrated. Obviously, you are, but it's hard to to really criticise fully the the whole system.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's it's definitely easy. I, I'd I'd say it's easy to be frustrated, but difficult to be annoyed if if that makes sense. Um, I think we can be frustrated in some ways because. The performances in general have actually been very good. I can't remember in the last month or so a performance where we've genuinely played badly. Everton was probably the worst we'd played in quite a long time. And we didn't, we didn't play great, but it certainly wasn't an awful performance. It just wasn't amazing. Um, we did enough against Everton, I think, in the first 75, 80 minutes, certainly to control the game and, and win it. And in, the last, in the last month and a half, I'd say, since this run of draws began... We really have played well. Most of our performances have been very positive. Like you said, Mourinho seems to be installing the kind of style of play that a lot of United fans were crying out for last season. And yet results just seem to not be going our way. I thought um I read a great interview with Michael Carrick on Sky Sports this week where he said that he feels like something is coming at United. He feels like there is some kind of style being put into place, some kind of DNA that is being implemented that will help United get back to where we should be. And I, I have to agree, I think the season's results have definitely not been positive as as a whole. There have been some good moments, um, some good individual seasons so far, but definitely not the results we wanted. However, I think the performances definitely show a lot of positives. We've played a lot of the big teams again, and we have put in good performances bar the first half against City, I'd say. Um, and... We really are showing signs of progress. We just can't seem to get over the line. And I genuinely think if we could string together two or three wins, even if they were scrappy wins, I think it would be a huge boost to our season. Because if we replicate the performances we've been putting in and put away our chances and learn how to put and how to finish teams off, which should in theory be a lot easier than than we're making it out to be, I truly believe then we could have a good season still.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. There's a Des- despite. Lots of poor results. There's a uh, quite a good basis at United at the moment, uh, which is strange because us included were criticising the uh, the setup um, so much last season under Van Gaal, but at, looking at it now, there's quite a good uh, foundation to build something on in terms of the players, the management, the style of football, how close we are to getting it right. So I think. Although it sounds strange, I think your sort of, uh, phrase of easy to be frustrated, hard to be annoyed, it, it summed it up absolutely perfectly, to be honest. Um, because we are moving in the right direction. Um, and we've had tough periods before, much tougher than this. It's just, uh, United fans like us who were born halfway through the Ferg era have, have been blessed with, with ri- such huge riches. It is, this isn't acceptable, but and, and that's, we we have to continue to think that we have to say that this isn't acceptable. We can't we can't accept uh, results and results like this, and, and we can't accept not getting top four. But I think it uh, is also important to to maintain context, if you like, and realize that. We've just come out of two managers who had difficult spells. Our current manager has just come out of a difficult spell. Our squad has come out of a difficult spell. Our squad needed rebuilding. We're still... It's strange to say it, but United are still in shock at Alex Ferguson retiring. And I think a, a moment like that sort of rocks the foundations of the football club for, for probably four, five, six years after it happened. And it happened um, after Matt Busby left the club. Liverpool wasn't exactly the same. They had a spell of managers who were all very successful, but it was the same sort of period of time of 20, 30 years. I think it will take time, but I, I, I'm I happy with the direction we're moving in. It's just if we do get two or three wins in a row in the league, that is not not just in, in the cup, then we're likely to be through... Um, into the Europa League knockout stages we're in the League Cup semi-final we've got Reading in the third round of the FA Cup at home we should win that a good cup run in the League Cup already a good cup run in the FA Cup would do very nicely as last season we're FA Cup champions we've forgotten Um, and the Europa League run would do very nicely and it's it's just it's just realising that the, the foundation for something good are there this season even if it's been a a sometimes difficult watch at the start of the season.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's, it's important actually to uh, just quickly focus on that Europa League as well because with the way our league results are, are going at the moment, there may come a time in the, in the season where we have to begin prioritising the Europa League over the Premier League if we want to try and get back into the Champions League next season. Because obviously now the Europa League winner ends up in the Champions League, you think, like as you said, we, we will now make the um, Europa League knockout, knockout stages. And... If we if we're still languishing down in kind of sixth sixth and seventh, come um, come January February time, which hopefully we won't, but if we are, it may become time to actually begin think, thinking. Well, the Europa League might actually be our best shot at getting back into the Champions League for next season. And at the end of the day, that is the most important thing for me right now. Um, and so I think that there will come a time where we'll probably have to have a big think about what our priorities for the season are. But I agree, it's not. It's not all doom and gloom. There is, there is definitely some doom and gloom with the results because obviously res- it, football at the end of the day is a results-motivated business. But the performances are positive. There are definitely some positives to be taken out of the season. But the main posit- positive we're all looking for hasn't materialised yet. And it is a problem. We need to figure out what is going on and get it fixed ASAP. But uh, there, there, seems, there is no reason why we can kill off games like we did against West Ham in midweek in the uh, EFL Cup. And then we can't go and do it at Everton at the weekend. Or We can't do it against Arsenal the week before. Or however many times it's happened this season. Um, it's just getting to the point now where it needs to be fixed. It needs to be fixed quickly. Um, also, just in the interest of um, being transparent, I guess, with with uh, the Everton game, a lot of people you know, saying we're unlucky. You see the late goals and stuff. But Marcus Rojo 100% should have been sent off for what was an awful awful challenge um on Idrissa Gay, and he is very lucky that Gay did didn't stay on the floor writhing around in pain uh cuz that challenge was horrendous and 100% should have been a red card
0: yeah um it just it just laughter after he went in for that um and then, and then the replay was even funnier the the just the the, the whole awful, awfulness of that challenge and how he thought that that it was a good idea to go flying in two-footed straight up. Um, very strange decision from, from the referee. pretty um, about strange decisions from the referee. Guardiola claimed it was odd um, that City got two players sent off um, and said that the referee partially decided the game and say he lost 3-1 to Chelsea, um, dis- despite the 2 red cards coming in at the time, which was odd. Um, he also said that United will make the top four based on current form in, in one word. Yes or no, and maybe it's not one of those words. no, all right, nice and succinct, I think no so. I wish I could say Art something different, yes.
1: but I think the performances are there, but if if we're going to make if we're going to make top four, we cannot afford any more slip ups between now and the new year because we are beginning to slip too far behind it's not we can't anymore call this about a stuttering start anymore. we're now getting into the, the meat of the season, and we can't keep throwing away results that we have been in the last few weeks. If we want to have any any chance of staying in contention for the top four, we need to go on a winning run and we need to go on a winning run now. Yep,
0: yeah, that, that stretched to quite a few more than one word. But still, anyway, another exciting week at under-18 level for Manchester United as they drew 2-2 in the Manchester derby on Saturday morning, the second derby of the season this year in the under-18 Premier League, um, which United are doing extremely well in at the moment. A uh, Hugely exciting team at the moment. Um, Callum Gribbin gave United the lead late on in the first half. Um, a great sort of shot as he cut inside on the edge of the penalty area. City responded through Brahim Diaz, and United scored what looked like a winner in the 85th minute. DJ Bufonge heading home on the die from a Joshua Bohui cross. Um, but Phil Foden responded within just two minutes to bring it to 2-2, and it remained that way. City. So remain top of the league with United second. Uh, this, the hardest challenge United will face this season. Um, the two best teams in the country, both in their flow at the moment and both at the top of the under-18 Premier League. Uh, the, the northern division, that is. They join together later in the season. Two immensely talented teams. At under-23 level, United don't play until Friday as they travel to Aldershot Town to play Chelsea. 7.05 kick-off. I assume that will be on MUTV if you fancy watching Europe's most popular under-15 competition was held at the weekend, with United failing to make the last eight. Um, taking a squad of ten for this five-a-side tournament, you can check at Academy Man United. Uh, that's UTD for the full squad. United progressed from the first group stages in the MTU Halland Cup before finishing bottom in the second group stages, uh, playing against teams like Schalke, two Barcelona sides, Ajax, and, and other big-name teams like that. A good experience nevertheless even if they didn't make the final stages. In lone news, Andreas Pereira had a fantastic weekend. His Granada side won for the first time in La Liga this season. Pereira scoring the opening goal against Sevilla. Um, they hadn't won a league game since April, I think, which was coincidentally against Sevilla as well. Cameron Borswick-Jackson wasn't involved again for Wolves and hasn't been since Paul Lambert took charge at Molyneux. Uh, hopefully he'll return in January. Adnan Yanezai was only on the substitutes bench for Sunderland uh David Moyes Sunderland manager now um thank god said uh, about Yanazai after the game that the Belgian forward must do more to impress both him and United his parent club um but Moyes did say he has faith having watched him perform well and score in the under 23s last week Joel Castro Pereira played his fifth game of the season for Portuguese Liga side Belenenses in a 1-1 draw against Estoril Jack another busy week it, it never seems to stop this um Another two game week. Um probably probably a good thing that we're still in these competitions, but um does does mean we have a lot to fit into one episode. Let's quickly uh, bounce through Zoria Luhansk on Thursday and then Spurs after. Uh Zoria on Thursday, six o'clock kickoff, always a strange one. Um getting back from school or work and watching that straight away. Particularly bad if you lose. Uh, lots of time to mull it over in the evening. But for united away fans, though um, I think it 's a five pounder ticket at Zoria in Ukraine. incredible since we were charged seventy two pounds at FC Midland away last year. Um, what are you predicting for this one?
1: I think we will win the game it 's definitely a game that we should be winning um, and I, you know our Europa league form hasn 't in the lot in recent recently anyway recent games hasn 't been too bad, so i hope I think we will come out with a win. I expect a much rotated side against zoya um but also, we do need to try and make sure that we um, we finish top of the group, if possible. Uh, I think we'll be relying on a, on a final to drop points for that to happen. But it would mean that we avoid some of the better teams coming down from the Champions League into the Europa League when it gets to the knockout stages. I'm going to go for a 3-1 win.
0: 3-1? I, I said 2-1. Easy side, but... Well, we only beat them 1-0 at home, but that was a bad game. Easy side, but away in Ukraine sort of takes it up a notch. And the fact that we need to draw or win, um, adds a little bit of pressure. Really we should be winning this like three or four now. Or three or four one at least. Um so three one would, would be nice uh from your prediction. Not too much to say about that. I can't I can't reveal any pearls of wisdom on Zorio Luhansk, I'm afraid. Spurs on Sunday, two fifteen kick. This is a really important one. Our first so so Everton was a is always a tough challenge, particularly at Goodison Park, but um, our first real, one, one of the big teams and one of our, our main top four rivals, um, if we're still in the race for top four. And we're playing them at home. Um, it's, it's obviously going to be tough. Um, Spurs sort of occasionally resembled the, the team of last season who thought we're, we're going to be the ones to stop Leicester City from winning the league. Um, and, then, and then came third but did play some lovely football and, and were very successful at playing that football. But then other times they've looked like Spurs of two or three seasons ago, which were much poorer sides. Which one do you think will turn up on Sunday and what will that make the result be?
1: Yeah, Spurs are a bit of a, a strange entity this season really. They've played some good stuff, but then... They, was it an eight game winless run they went on at some point as well because they were just like us they kept losing so much oh, sorry drawing so much I think I think <laughs> predictably I think this game might actually end up a draw um, surprise surprise at the moment but I think Spurs will definitely cause us problems especially in midfield Musa Dembele is an absolutely brilliant runner with the ball and I think he will definitely cause us problems Pogba defensively isn't the strongest and the the prospect of Michael Carrick trying to keep up with Musa Dembele when he's at full full pelt is not not something that makes me entirely um, entirely comfortable, if I'm honest. I, I think we'll get something from the game. I'm not sure if we'll have enough to win, but I do think Spurs this season are not the same force they were last season. Um, so I think chances will definitely come. It's just a case of whether we can win that midfield battle and get a real foothold in the game.
0: Yeah, again, again my head says says draw, but i've I put down here 2-1 um out, out of the big side spurs at home is a is a relatively easy game and one we should be winning particularly this Spurs side who aren't flying um but yeah yeah a, a draw does seem the most likely result now would that make it five consecutive league home draws anyway it, it's going to be a tough match and it it should be quite a good one actually and I'm going to that, so I'm hoping Rooney scores against Soria Luhansk on Thursday and then again against Spurs. But I feel that might be slightly too optimistic, so maybe I'll have to settle for just against Spurs And because he's one-off equalling Sir Bobby Charlton's record. Um, so a big moment in Manchester United history coming up in the next few weeks. Um, no doubt he'll probably score in a loss, which would sort of sum up the latter half of his Manchester United career, as he sort of occasionally carried us over the line in some seasons. Um, less so last season, though, of course. We haven't got any questions this week. You need to start sending some of those in if you're if you're listening. So I, I guess that's all we have time for, unless you have anything else, Jack.
1: <laughs> uh, I do not. Just hoping that we can actually talk about two wins in a week for the first time in months when we do this episode next week.
0: Yeah, um, series two, episode 15 of the Manchester United League weekly podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Um, as I said, this, this busy period never seems to end. Another two games this week. First up, Zoria on Thursday, six o'clock kickoff, and then Spurs on Sunday, while the under 23s travel to Aldershot on Friday to face Chelsea. And we play Southampton in the FA Youth Cup on Monday. Uh, next Monday, that is December the 12th, I believe. Um, there'll be, there'll be two great games. So. Either get down to see them or, or watch on MeTV if you can. If you want to hear more from us, find us on Twitter at at UTD Weekly Pod, that's P-O-D. Um, you can find Jack at... Uh, UTD Tate's T-A-I-T. And you can find me at at Harry 64 on Twitter. We'll see you next week, most likely with much of the same conversation. Uh, you know, that frustrating word again. Goodbye.